0: bookworms welcome to the picky bookworm podcast i am so glad you're here i am the picky bookworm and i love bringing recognition to indie and self-published books through book reviews proofreading and podcasting every saturday i get to talk to a member of the writing community from book bloggers to authors and even other podcasters like myself I'll include a link to my website where you can leave a comment with your thoughts on the show or questions for the author that I may not have gotten to. You can also find information on how to sponsor this podcast. Ready? Grab your tea, wine, or laundry, and let's get to it. Today's episode is sponsored by Papillon du Publishing. Papillon Dupier Publishing is a niche publishing label that works with authors of commercial and literary fiction, both established and new. P2P is a mission-driven, aiming to bring to market quality work often overlooked by mainstream publishers. Papillon Dupier works a dual model, publishing both traditionally and through an agile hybrid system that guarantees publication for independent authors. Papillon Dupere works meaningfully with writers on their writing journey. Ask them for any testimonials regarding how their team might be able to help you on your writing and publishing journey. Let their authors, clients, and associates tell you. They have a Facebook writers group. They have a website. Uh, you can see that at Papillon Dupere. That is L L O N D U. hyphen D-U. Hyphen P E R E dot com, and you can submit a query to them or email them with any questions. Thank you so much. This episode is sponsored by Caroline Fleur. She wrote the book Destiny and Other Dilemmas. You can find it on Amazon in Kindle format and paperback format. Here is the blurb. Brooke Stern seemed to have the perfect life, until she didn't. After an unexpected turn of events that shook her marriage of 15 years, she must navigate her new normal as a single, independent woman. Juggling her son's food allergies, her demanding career, and growing interest in a mysterious man, she's determined to restart her life and find a clear path ahead. When she finally reclaims her courage, she is confronted with the harsh consequences of her choices. Any step forward is a potential risk as she tries to make the best decisions for herself and the future of her family, that is, if destiny doesn't step in and decide for her based on that. I think I need to own that book as well. Um, I will include a link to the Amazon as, so that you can purchase this book and support the author just as the author has chosen to support this podcast. Thank you, Caroline. And thank you, Chris. Uh, you can find her book in the show notes as well. Thank you both for supporting the Piggy Bookworm one. Okay, we had just a little bit of technical difficulties. That was fun. Um, I am here with Fanny Crispin. She is a fellow Twitter author and a fellow redhead, and we have been talking about that, and i that's one of the first few things that I mention about people, because as a redhead myself, there aren't very many of us in the world, so being being a redhead to me is kind of a big deal, and so we've been having fun chatting about that till we had technical difficulties. That was fun. So we are going to get back into it. Welcome. Uh, grab your tea. Grab your wine, grab your laundry, Caroline, and we'll jump into it. Hi, Fanny. Hi, Pamela. (laughs) Let's start over, shall we? Um, (laughs) I don't know how long you were talking while my um, Chromebook decided to go completely kaput. That was fun. Um, Tell us a little bit about you, uh, where you're from. You don't have to mention cities. I'm very careful um, about that but um just a little bit about where you're from what you do how uh you got into writing all that kind of fun stuff
1: well, i was i was talking long enough to hate my intro so i'm kind of thankful for the redo <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um yeah so i live in wisconsin that's here in the united states um born and raised wisconsinite cheese herder uh cheese head cheese block, whatever you want to call it um and kindred
0: spirit I-
1: yeah, we we love it.
0: I, I'm in Oklahoma and I love cheese. So, yeah, oh, kindred spirit. It's magical. <laughs> um,
1: but I'm married. Uh, no kids yet. We just have our little fat cat Stardust. I'm sure you've seen her on Twitter. She's been all over the like, place. She gets more likes than I do, by the way. <laughs> My
0: cat does, <laughs> too.
1: <laughs> yeah, those little tramps. <laughs> um, and then I got into writing in middle school, I don't know, we were, we were always part of the library and we did like the reading book clubs. And I can't tell you how many things I've won through that because I'd have prizes. I've gone to the movies, <laughs> gotten other books. Yeah. <laughs> I've gotten meal tickets. It was a lot of fun. So we were avid readers. And, um, I don't know what happened when I just started running out of material or started encountering books that I didn't care for, or not that they were bad, but just not my cup of tea. And, um, we had a couple of writing projects in school, and that kind of gave me the idea of like, oh, I I could write a book, and I could write what I want to read, and, and let's try this. Through a, a lot of trial and error. There's a lot of sad books on a shelf in a book or in a box somewhere that will never see the light of day. Uh, finished my first book about two little fairies conquering the kingdom, <laughs> getting the kingdom back. <laughs>
0: I yeah, I, I have actually read the blurb um and I was like if my TBR wasn't sentient at this point, <laughs> it ta- <laughs> I swear it, it talks to me. Um oh. your, your books are definitely on my wish list, um though I thought the blurbs uh they sounded super adorable. And if everybody can finish listening to the end of the episode, um hopefully I'll remember because I forgot last time. Um, We will have a giveaway for signed paperbacks um, for um, my subscribers. There's the first two books in the Wizard King series, and um, it'll be for my subscribers. So um, we might wait a couple hours after this episode airs to announce the winner, uh, to give you guys time to run over and subscribe. Um, But run over to thepickybookworm.com and subscribe to my blog. Uh, You'll get a weekly newsletter. I promise not to ever spam you. Um, But you do, by being a subscriber, you do get in on super fun giveaways like this one. Um, So hurry over and do that. And then we will announce a couple hours after uh the podcast airs to um announce the winner so hurry over there and do that
1: yay get on it people yes get
0: on it um i love doing book giveaways it's so much fun um not only I mean I get more subscribers people get free books I mean you can't really you can't go wrong with that it's total win-win situation so
1: absolutely
0: yes so do you read and write in the same genre?
1: I do, yes. Um, I used to absorb a lot more different genres, um, but it's kind of gotten a lot more condensed as I get older. I just don't have, I don't make as much time for reading. Um,
0: Because you're busy writing all your fun stories. And And I'm always on Twitter. (laughs)
1: Let's be honest. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I do. I do predominantly. I've, I've actually started branching out this year because uh, I've been making a lot more uh, self published author friends or indie author friends and uh been checking out their books.
0: Is't that and the best?
1: It's taking me out of my my zone and I love it like
0: I just start getting new
1: ideas for things yeah
0: yes I um you said so you were telling me earlier before we hit record that um, oh wow, I just lost my thought.
1: oh boy. holy
0: <laughs> crap, oh, I hate it when that happens um but, um, so it'll, it'll come back to me if it was important, it'll come back to me. Uh, so I will move, I will move on. Um, I did want to tell you that you having started writing in middle school, um, there are more and more authors that are starting younger and younger because of the self-published and indie published option. I mean, I, I just, um, finished proofreading a book. It was amazing. It was creepy and thrilling and it was all those things that it should make a movie I mean honestly this book should be a movie but I will tell you the most amazing thing about this book was not the book itself the book was written by a 15 year old awesome 15 years old and they're writing a book and it's you know just absolutely that it that just impressed me so much. I, you know, I had gotten about two thirds of the way through the book and I'm like, oh my God, I love this book. <laughs> um, And so I had emailed the author and to let them know, I love your book. I, you know, just, I just wanted to let you know how much this, you know, and they were like, I am so glad you said that because, you know, teachers and parents and friends and, you know, all of that have told me that it's good but for somebody objective you know outside of my circle to tell me it's good means so much and you know and then they told me their age and I'm like holy crap 15 years old and you're writing a book that is just that is amazing to me so um you know and you know like you I started reading more and more indie and self-published once I joined Twitter. Mm -hmm. And the indie and self-published crowd, it's, I I love it. I could wax poetic all day long. (laughs) about, And I have on previous podcast episodes just how much I love the the indie and self-published crowd. You know, I I go on Twitter and it's like you walk in the school cafeteria and everybody wants you to sit at their table.
1: Yes. (laughs) Exactly
0: how it feels. <laughs> right? It's, you know, you walk in and and everybody is like, you know, we love you. Come sit with us. Come talk to us. And, you know, at the very least, it's, you know, okay, well, we'll just make one big huge table and we'll all <laughs> sit at the same table. And then, you know, that way we all fit in. Um, and coming from somebody who never really felt like she fit in anywhere, that was kind of a big deal for me, you know, and I don't even write books. And I still feel that way. So, um, yeah, my my three uh, golden girls uh, for our monthly golden girl book club. You know, they keep telling me never say never, and I'm like, <laughs> I won't say never. I will tell you, I have no desire to write a book. <laughs> it's just, go. it's just not there. I would rather read yours and talk about yours and proofread yours and make yours the best that they can be and Aww. be a bouncing board for ideas for people you know but I would rather do that than write my own honestly because it's just ugh, it hurts my brain just thinking about
1: it <laughs> those are the fun aspects I will say my favorite part is the first read after writing it because the first one is like okay I'm, I'm putting the story down but I'm doing it like chaotically so my favorite part really is I'm going to proofread it for the first time and I'm just going to read it through just straight through that's my favorite part so yeah being the reader and getting to talk about it those are the fun parts
0: yes you know and I I have you know author friends on Twitter that you know they're like I don't know if I should be talking about my book I kind of feel like it's you know blah blah blah," you know and all of this and I'm like talk about your book please that is what you are here for Tell us your stories. Give us your stories. The world needs your stories. To, you know, give us your stories. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, but my my big thing is, you know, when authors are, they're so focused on marketing their book that they don't, that they forget to market themselves. Yes. That's, that's the issue that I run into sometimes. You know, the, the random DMs from people you just followed. Yeah, buy and read my book. No, thank you. I'm sorry. Do I know you? Yeah. Um, you know, I I have, it's hard for me to put this example into 280 characters, but it's, you know, somebody jumping in your DMs, it's kind of, kind of feels like you're sitting at a table with your friends, and this stranger walks up behind you and goes, hey, come in the bathroom. I got to tell you something.
1: Oh, <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. No. If you have something to tell me, you can tell me in front of all my friends. You know, that's just that's just really kind of how it feels. Is you know, hey, come outside. I want to tell you something. Or hey, come in the bathroom. That's you know, somebody I don't know jumping in my DMs. That's a, that's kind of how it feels.
1: Yeah, I I, I always kind of liken it to, um, oh, not cold calling. It came before that, like, like oh, door to door marketing. Like, no, do not come to my door. Do not talk to me if I don't know you. Do not come unannounced. Like, I, I even tell my friends, I'm like, could you please text me before dropping in? I don't want you coming unannounced. Oh, I, <laughs> that's, yeah. That's what it's like for me. I'm like, do not, do not walk up to me.
0: I I tell people I don't answer phone numbers I don't recognize on my phone. So if I have given you my phone number for whatever reason, text me first so I know it's you. Then if it's something that you have to call me on the phone for, which probably it isn't, then we can deal with it at that point. But do not call me if I don't have your number already saved in my phone. Because I won't answer it. <laughs> I don't care if it's local or not. I'm not going to answer if yeah. I don't recognize the phone number. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, excuse me. My favorite story, though, about door to people going door to door is the city that I live in, we have more churches than anything. I mean, we have more church. We have restaurants and we have churches. And that's like like so much of our real estate is taken up by churches and houses. And so we get a lot of people from like the smaller churches that need to get their attendance up going door to door and inviting people to church. Now... I have no problem with that. I have been that person at one point or another in my life. I have no problem with that. But the funniest thing was this lady comes to my door and she, it was before I had met my husband and she knocks on the door and she says, you know, Hey, I'm from such and such church and I want to invite you to come this Sunday. And I was like, well, I already have a church. Well, if you come to my church, you might meet your future husband (laughs) like that's like that's the whole reason to go to church is you live in this small apartment you answer the door so apparently you must be single and not married and you must be desperate to find your future husband (laughs) oh my gosh and i'm like you know Thank you. But I already have a church. Thank you for for that. Right. And that's that's just my favorite oh. anecdote about somebody coming to my house and inviting me to church. Is the whole reason is to find your future husband. My future husband. And you know, and it's funny because it wasn't too much longer after that. I think it was less than a year after that that I met my hus- my now husband.
1: Oh, that's funny. So
0: that's your- it was, you know, and I met him on a dating app. So oh, yeah. <laughs> go figure. Um, but yeah, he was, he was adorable. I had put in my uh, dating app profile, I had put, do not message me unless you can use some part of my profile to start a conversation. Oh. Do not message me. Hey, beautiful. Hey, hello. Any, anything like that. Cause I won't answer you. I won't do it. So, so what he did was he read down through it, which it was a lot. I I put a lot, I was constantly adding to it. And so he read down through it. And when he sent that first message, he commented on every single part of what I had said, every single part of it. And I was like, okay, yeah. So I, you know, so I messaged him back. We completely hit it off were both big, huge nerds. So, oh. of course, we had a lot to talk about. Um, and, you know, it's just kind of, you know, the start of a beautiful friendship. It was, you know, it was just, it was awesome the way, I mean, that he just, he was so determined to at least get my attention somehow. Yeah. Even, even though he felt and still feels sometimes that I'm out of his league. Oh, really? And I'm like, I Aww. married, I married you on purpose. <laughs> Yeah, like I been. I married you on purpose. We're we're you know, I'm not out of your league. And you know, oh, he's, he's like, Yes, you are and I'm like <laughs> oh. So anyway sometimes I like that.
1: You need to build up that self-esteem boy. <laughs> it's
0: it's already better than it was when I met him.
1: Oh good.
0: So he at good. least doesn't hide under the covers when I call him handsome or sexy.
1: <laughs> um, yeah,
0: in my, in my previous, uh, in our book club, our golden girls book club episode, um, the book that we were discussing has an Italian guy in it. And I was like, you know, did anybody want her to end up with the sexy Italian? I was like, cause I kind of liked him, but then I have my own sexy Italian. So, oh. <laughs> and you know. <laughs> So he doesn't, you know, yeah, he doesn't hide under the covers when I call him things like that anymore. Um, so that's huge leaps forward. Um, in his in his self confidence. So, um, I think
1: we met him on a dating app because we did too. Like, the church was uh, there was no boys at church, so I went on the dating app and I got me a man.
0: <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, um, you know my my church had one of my churches had guys but a couple of years after i left that church and moved to a different church i had heard that there were rumors going around church about me um that were not good that i'm not going to go into yeah. on um on a podcast to the masses um yeah. but you know yeah i found out you know that somebody had come up with something about me and had started this this rumor that nobody that even the the leadership in the church knew about and didn't deal with oh it was yeah it was it was a whole it was a bad situation and um leaving. You I, before but- <laughs> I guess yeah I well and I guess my my parents found out later after we had left that church and gone to another one, they had found out what had happened and sat me down and, and explained to me what happened. And I'm like, freaking, yeah. So it was, it was a whole, I'm, I'll tell, I'll tell you about it later, but um, yeah, it was a, it was a bad situation. Um, and I was really glad that I was out of that, um, that whole deal. Cause it was, yeah, it was bad. Um, but anyway, we digress. Back to books. <laughs> I t- remember I told you when I talked the other day. I'm like, we just kind of let the conversation go where it's gonna go. It's just it happens.
1: I like it. We're covering all sorts of ground today. I love we it. We
0: are. <laughs> yeah. I. It's funny because I was looking at my top podcasts, podcast episodes of last year, and the um, the two top podcasts that people listen to, the two top episodes. One was my very first episode, and the second was my most vulnerable episode, uh, where I sat down with my friend Tanya, and we discussed books, of course, um, but then we got on the subject of our uh, mutual miscarriages that we had had oh. last year, and so I'm like, my two top episodes are my first one, where I was terrible, and my most vulnerable, <laughs> so okay. <laughs> um so so real quick um now that we are 19 minutes in tell us what is your book about your two books that you're going to be giving away here in a little while
1: okay um so this this is my love child like I've worked on this book on and off these books on and off for many many years Um, I wrote them in high school they were actually a writing challenge between me and my sister she writes too and we used to come up with these challenges of, okay, we're going to, we're going to sit down and we've got the main characters and then we got the villains and we kind of got the land and a little bit of the plot. And then we separated and we each wrote our own books. And sometimes hers would take off and be fantastic. And mine would go. <laughs> <laughs> and then vice versa. Sometimes mine would take off and she'd be like, ah, I didn't even get two pages in It sucks. <laughs> so these were fun little challenges. And this was one that took off. Um, I managed to finish it and I had always planned a sequel for it but as I was editing and rewriting and getting ready to publish I realized it needs to be two books because it got so long I mean let's just to put it in perspective each book is 300 almost 400 pages each
0: Whew. <laughs> so Nothing. I, I to- chunky books
1: Yeah, yeah. So I actually broke it up into three parts because I still had this chunk of a sequel that I was writing. I'm like, I don't know what to do with it now. It's really not enough for a sequel when the first book is going to be like 400 pages. (laughs) Uh, But it's about two orphaned girls. Um, They're getting ready to go to a new foster system. So they board this train from Illinois to Pennsylvania and there's nobody on the train and they get dumped off in the middle of the woods with like a care package. And and instructions you have to go find your foster your foster uh caregiver. And they're like, What is this? And they're just you know, they're just teenagers, so they're like, What you <laughs> do and this begins their adventure. The train is magical. Uh the premise behind it is it accepts um people that have lost a lot in this world to gain something in another world. So it kind of goes through their adventure of gaining what they've lost, you know, home, family, etc. Um, and then just goes through their adventure of how they have to fight a dragon.
0: (laughs) Dragons. Yeah. You gotta have dragons. Dragons are awesome.
1: Uh,
0: Um, okay. So what is, what is the best, I guess, comparison that you can make? I mean, I know we don't really like to compare indie books to mainstream books, Um, but just to give, you know, people an an idea of, you know, just a little bit of perspective, is there a book that you would kind of compare it to and kind of say it's written kind of like this?
1: Oh gosh, that's hard because I feel like it's probably a conglomeration of, you know, books that I've read back in high school, but I'm trying to recall those books. And I know Charles DeLint, um, was, he really influenced my books because he wrote a lot of urban fantasy. So a lot of my books tend to be like urban girls, modern girls, or guys, um, and then kind of thrust into this fantasy world. And some of his books are a lot like that. Um, so I feel like it's heavily influenced by that, the fact that I take like modern girls, modern problems, they get thrust into a whole nother world of fantasy, and then they learn to deal with that. And it's kind of just that clash of, of what the heck I am now living in a fantasy book <laughs> and going through that experience. So probably it's more like his um, he's got quite a collection out there, but I can't, this one, I can't pin it down because okay. it's really, not, it's really not like Harry Potter. Um, I don't know. Just modern,
0: just <laughs> modern girls having to fight a dragon. That's, yep. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of books like that. But,
0: yeah. <laughs> so, so are you a plotter or are you a pantser?
1: Pantser all the way, baby.
0: Woo! Um, yeah, I, um, I think I would probably, you know, cause I, I write my blog. Um, and so I have been told that because I write a blog, I am a writer. I'm just not necessarily an author. And I'm like, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm fine with that. Blog posts are not books. It's good. <laughs> I don't have to, I don't have to figure out dialogue. Dialogue is the bane of my existence. It's, you know, yeah. You're so um, good at it. I... Talking with people, yeah, that's fine. Um, trying to write these two characters that I created and make them have a conversation, it hurts my brain. So yeah, not not gonna happen, not gonna be an author. Um But you know, so I write my blog and I am the person that I'm like, I wanna write a blog post today done. You know, <laughs> it's, you know, I don't, um, I don't plot or plan any of, you know, I have my Trello workbook, um, that I keep ideas for blog posts, keep a list of books I need to review, um, you know, and all of that. And so when I decided wanted to want to write a blog post, which so far this year, two a week, thank you very much. Um, I know I'm super excited about that. Um, I doubt it will last the year, but (laughs) I'm going to ride this train while I can. (laughs) Um, but you know, so when I want to sit down and write a blog post, or when I have some time to write a blog post, I can go to my Trello workbook and I can say, oh, okay. I, you know, I can write on this topic or I can review this book. Um, but I don't ever plan posts ahead (laughs) like ever (laughs) um I'm terrible about that I have one draft on my blog that it's um 2022 in review and so I've started listing like you know books I reviewed and you know all of that and so I I do have a draft going for that but that's like the only thing I have planned um
1: Year out that of like hey I'm compiling all these things so I don't forget
0: <laughs> yes and you know it's seriously doubtful honestly that it's gonna again that post is gonna last the year because I'll probably get to June and I'll be like oh my god this post is like 20 miles long this is not gonna work um so I might do like a mid-year review and then a, a year review I don't know um like again like pantser it. so you know yeah yeah
1: that's definitely um that's probably a lot how I start a lot. And I've as I've gotten more experience writing, I've gotten a little bit more careful about what... It's kind of like reading. I've gotten a little bit more careful about what I choose to read. I've also gotten a little bit more careful about what I choose to write. Because what I've kind of discovered about myself is if I have this, like, burning fire of inspiration, it's going to die out. That fire is going to go...
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a redhead train. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I... I kind of dwell on it a little bit and then i'll like okay well i have to at least figure out like what's the what's the overall arc of the main character like what are they trying to achieve um what is happening to them and then i kind of get a feel for the ending and i and now i kind of force myself to like go through those steps of like okay do i have enough material here to actually start writing because honestly i i've written some things and then i shared them with friends prematurely and then I stopped writing and they're going, Oh, hey, Danny, where's the book? You promised us. I'm like, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> you Dying only give us mind. you only gave us three chapters and it <laughs> ended on a cliffhanger. We must know what happens next.
1: <sighs> yeah. Yeah. that worked out for me all of one time. I started doing that. And then I had I had one reader. You know who you are, I love you. And uh, <laughs> He literally did not let me quit that book. Like he might go a couple months in between because he got busy with his own life, but he, he come back. Fanny, when's the next chapter? I need to know what the wizards are up to. When's the next chapter? I'm like, dang.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it does not sound like Kindle Vella would really be your jam. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. I, I actually um, have a proofreading client that she, um, had a Kindle Vella book that she is planning on putting together into an actual book and and publishing. And she, she sent it to me to proofread and I'm like, okay, I got to take a minute because this was so good. (laughs) (laughs) And she is, I am telling you through my proofreading business, I find some of the greatest authors and the greatest books. And I'm like, I, I can't. I can't talk about them yet because they're, you know, because they're not published and, you know, we have, you know, I have to be careful and, you know, so (laughs) I, I had one that I will actually be having him on the podcast probably March, maybe something like that. I'm going to have to get with him and, and schedule that, but his, I just finished proofreading his book and it, you know, when I started the book, I'm like, Okay, I don't know about this cuz these these people are they are terrible people. <laughs> Every last one of them was oh, no. a, was terrible. It was just an intensely <laughs> dislikable person. And I'm not telling you anything that I have not told him. So okay. it's, you know, I'm not like offending him or anything cuz he You're I think okay. he kind of cuz I think, you know, when I was talking to my guest last week, uh Rochelle, I was telling her, you know I was like, I am pretty sure he intended this book to be that way because it did not stop it was everybody was dislikable from beginning to end. I wanted all of them to fall down an elevator shaft. I just <laughs> did just <laughs> all of them. I wanted them all to die, oh my God and Um, and it was not a, it was not a fantasy. It was contemporary. Um, but it was, yeah, these characters. And there was one, one that I thought might possibly have a redeeming (laughs) quality. Maybe. But then she called a black person the N word. Ah. And I was like, okay, I don't like her either. So they all, they just all (laughs) need need to die. And, you know, but at the same time the, you know i i couldn't stop reading it because i had to know what happened next you mm-hmm. know despite the just the absolutely dislikableness of these people i had to know what happened and so you know it was one of the most enjoyable experiences waiting for someone to die <laughs> It's really all I can, you know. It's not, I can't really say much more about this book. Is if you like books where you just hate everyone and you want to sit there and watch them die, this book is for you because I am telling you, these people suck. They're, <laughs> we are horrible, horrible people. And, you know, and one thing that the author mentioned was, you know, he was like, I enjoy taking stereotypes to the nth degree. Wow. Okay. And, you know, so you have, you know, the, the white suburban couple where the husband is, you know, the plastic surgeon and, and he's got the trophy wife and then you've got the, the con artists and then you've got the black couple and you, uh you know and so it's they are stereotypical absolutely to the nth degree so it is these people are not you are not expected to like these people okay you are ex- i think you are expected to be offended by them um i definitely was i was like yeah i don't like any of these people um what an
1: interesting concept though like if you think about it cuz most people try to write okay I'm, my main character and all supporting characters are going to be likable and i want readers to connect with them but to come at it and go, no, no, you're going to hate everyone, and I'm going to keep you in your seat because you're going to be fascinated by the drama. By this,
0: That's yeah, by this, concept. these absolutely <laughs> horrible people. You know, it's basically it would be like watching a superhero movie if everybody were supervillains.
1: Which is I, there is a TV show out like that, and, and I, as I was watching it with my husband, I was like, I don't like any of them. <laughs> They're
0: awful. Yeah. If if everybody were, if everybody were Dan Scott from, <laughs> from One Tree Hill. um, Yeah. If everybody oh, were, God. if everybody were Dan Scott from One Tree Hill, but you know, but you are, yeah, you are absolutely not expected to like these people. Like not at all, but you will be glued to your book. I am not even joking. It's that, it's that kind of story. And you know, it's just, it's, you're not, you're not expected to like them. I, it, yeah. That's, That's just point. really all I can say. They are just intensely dislikable people. Um, <laughs> so what, what was the last book you read, and would you or would you not recommend it?
1: Um. Well, I guess I'm going to plug one of my indie author friends. Uh, Grant of course. Sten wrote... Uh... <laughs> i got to pull my Kindle because I just brain farted. Uh, oh, I've done that before. Yeah. Well, it's kind of an unconventional name, which I like, but it's called His Ragged Company, the Testimony of Elias Faust. Um, and that one is kind of Western and a little bit fantasy mixed in. And that was one that, like, from the very beginning, oh, he writes very fast-paced. And if it's not fast-paced, it's very interesting, like, just what the characters are kind of going through their day-to-day and thinking. And, and usually there's always struggle because, like, it's Western podunk town out in the middle of nowhere. But that was the last book I read. Uh, go rant, write, write the sequel! Hurry up! <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh,
1: yes, 1010 would recommend, um, especially if you like Westerns with a little bit of fantasy. It was just such an enjoyable book. It was so fast-paced there was always something going on and there was this huge mystery that was so exciting it was just delicious
0: <laughs> i love books yeah. like that um yeah the last book i read was i do not actually believe that it was a um an indie book um because the kindle book is like 10 bucks And it's, it's rare for me to see, it's, it's it's rare for me to see an indie or self-published author to have their book more than $8. It's rare for me to see that. Um, but I just reviewed it on my blog and my subscribers, Fanny, if you're not subscribed, you should go do that. You might win your own book. Who knows? Yeah. Um, Oh, wait till after the book. Um, but he, um, it's called The Twin Paradox. And I compare it to Michael Crichton's books, not because the author has the same writing style, because he does not. Um, but they both write uh, what is, what I have recently learned is called hard sci-fi. Oh, boy. it is It is science fiction, but it is taking like a, an actual scientific concept such as time manipulation or genetic manipulation or, um, or, you know, anything like that. And just asking themselves, okay, what happens if this all just goes to hell? (laughs) And then writing a book about what happens if this, you know, if they try to, you know, for example, the, and the twin paradox, They are, um, they have taken a 5,000 square mile space in the middle of the Texas desert down by the Gulf of Mexico, and they have created a biome where for three minutes every week, they turn on this time manipulation device, and inside the biome, 10 years passes in the space of three minutes on the outside. Oh, wow, okay. Okay. So over the course of eight months, by doing this, they have created a whole brand new evolutionary system where humans who have gotten caught um, in this biome um, and have not been in the safe spaces or animals or, you know, anything like that have evolved all completely differently than how they have on the outside. Oh, my
1: gosh.
0: And then, you know, of course, it all goes to hell. Yeah. <laughs> so, <fascinating, it's>, though. <laughs> um, but it is so, you know, he, Charles Walker writes um, differently than Michael Crichton because Michael Crichton focuses on the science aspect of it. Charles Wachter p- focuses on the um, character's reactions to the scientific part of it. Oh, nice. Okay. And so it's it's their, their writing styles while similar, uh, similar enough to pull the comparison. They are different enough that you don't feel like you're writing, a, reading a Michael Crichton book. It's, it's not that, um, super, super good. Even though it's mainstream, I, I definitely recommend it. Um, if you guys are willing to, um, put up the 10 bucks for the Kindle book, um, I'm not usually, I got it from NetGalley, so (laughs) I didn't actually pay for it, but, (laughs) um, and I, and I don't think that I, you know, personally would be willing to pay 10 bucks. Um, you know, my, I don't normally pay more than between five and eight, um, for my Kindle books simply because I know that the less expensive they are, the more chance there is that I'm supporting an indie author if it's 10 bucks or more chances are it's mainstream. Um, and I just don't feel as big of a need to support mainstream authors. I I just, it's my, it's my personal thing. Um, I would rather be able to buy 25 books for the same cost of, you know, a mainstream book. I, it's (laughs) it's my thing. Um, and I don't think I'm ever going to have any mainstream authors listening to this. So, um, I'm not going to apologize for that. That's just how I feel about it. Um, and I, and it's hard for me to turn down a free book. I already this year, I have added two net books to my queue and I'm like, I
1: need to stop. (laughs) You sound a lot like my sister. She, is an avid reader and I think that was all she put on her christmas list. Was see, yeah, I just want books. I'm like, okay, I can do that for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, my my husband and I um told my family that we actually wanted um PlayStation store gift cards this year. Um yeah. because there was a game that my husband wants that comes out next month, um the El- Elden Ring. Could be wrong about that. I'm pretty sure that's it. It's one of those RPG games where you spend, like, 75% of your time upgrading your character and 25% of your time actually playing the game. Um, it's, yeah, it that's probably my least favorite part of an RPG. I'm like, just, just let me run around and kill things, and then you can upgrade. And then I will run around and kill things, and then you can
1: upgrade. I'll
0: do the fun part. (laughs) I will do the, you know, well, for my husband, the upgrading part is the fun part. Oh,
1: perfect. Perfect So,
0: you know, it's, you know, so I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll figure it out, but we have been saving, you know, we got our PlayStation store gift cards and we bought a couple games like that day. Um, and then we have been saving most of it on the PlayStation store gift card so that we can get, um that game for him next next month so it's yeah. been it's just been sitting there um but we but we haven't been able to find a game that we wanted that was cheap enough so because we're both just we're super cheap uh, <laughs> <laughs> <love the> <laughs> and um yeah if we're gonna buy something spur of the moment it's gonna be cheap it's you know we would rather save if it's something we really want yeah. um but if it's something spur-of-the-moment, like, I just want a game today, then it's got to be, like, 10 bucks or less. Yeah. It's just, you know, same with books. You know, if I'm going to buy, like, spur-of-the-moment books, it needs to be cheap. So, you know, that that way, if it sucks, I didn't spend a whole lot of money on it. But if it's really great, I didn't spend a whole lot of money on it. Exactly. You know, it's I I have always felt that way about dollar movies too. You know, I don't know if a lot of places around the U.S. have dollar movie theaters. Oh. We used we used to have two here, and it was literally like the concessions were insanely expensive, but the movie tickets were a dollar. Oh my gosh. And they would get like the old movies. Like you would have, you know, for example, Matrix Resurrections uh, would come out in the theater and it would be in the theater for like six to eight months or however long. And then it would go to the dollar movie for six to eight months. Um, And then it would go to, and then it would go to DVD or, you know, whatever. And so, you know, we would wait, you know, if it was a movie that we wanted to see on the big screen, but we didn't want to spend a whole lot of money on it, we would wait until it would come to the dollar movie. And then we would, and then we would spend a dollar and we would go see it. That way, if it was terrible, we only spent a dollar, but if it was really great, Hey, we only spent a dollar, you know? So it was, it was that kind of thing. And I tend to do that same thing with books, you know? And there was, there's been one, one book that I can of think of off the top of my head that was indie self-published and that I thought was underpriced at 99 yeah. at 99 cents it was way underpriced
1: yeah.
0: it was so good it was called Connor's Gambit by Z Gottlieb and wow. it's it was really good it was good enough that I bought it for my mom for her birthday. And I think I had gotten it when the author had like a free sale when, you know, you guys do that every once in a while and I I can't turn down a free book. I, I can't no, do I can't. it. It's whether it's a book I want to read or not, if it's free, I will add it to my Kindle and figure it out later. It's yeah, what? it's absolutely <laughs> terrible. Um, but I think, you know, so I think I had gotten it. So I had no clue how much it was. And you know, when I read it and she absolutely loved it, and my mom's birthday was coming up, and I'm like, my mom needs this book. And so I went on Amazon and sent the gift to her and found out the price. I found out that it was only 99 cents. And I'm like, I would have gladly, not just willingly, but gladly paid five dollars between 5 and $8 for this book. Gladly. And, you know, so I'm like, that's really the only negative thing when I wrote my book review. I'm like, this is really the only negative thing I can say about this. Is that it was too cheap. <laughs> it was too cheap. So, um, but what's funny is I don't think the author actually read my review. Um, or if he did, he completely ignored it because he did not raise the price. <laughs> I'm like, one person's opinion. Um, but, you know, so I'm guessing, you know, nobody else was like, you know, raise the price. That's the only bad thing I can say about this book is it's too cheap. <laughs> um, so I'm pretty you sure. That he, more than this.
1: Uh,
0: yeah, it was, it was definitely worth more than that. Um, And, you know, and part of, part of my problem with 99 cent books is not necessarily that they're 99 cents, but that there is value attached to. amount. And so if something is 99 cents, you have that subconscious thought of worth must be less. If the, if the cost is less, the worth must be less. There's a a direct correlation there. And in a lot of ways, especially in the self-published world, that's true. The cheaper a book is, the chances are that it's badly edited badly proofread, it's got typos everywhere. And, you know, while I'm somebody that can kind of move past that, um, because I'm used to self-published books, I you know, and a lot and of read, so and I, yeah. you know, and I proofread, um, you know, so while I, I personally can look past that and see the story behind it and enjoy the story, Um, there's a lot of people like my mom that can't, you know, I can't tell you how many times my mom has quit reading a book because she couldn't get past the typos. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm not, I have no clue of any specific books, um, which I wouldn't say, I wouldn't mention them on here anyway, but, um, you know, but there's, there seems to be just this correlation between cost and value Mm -hmm. and so you know, for a book that was as good and as well written as Connor's Gambit was, for it to only be ninety nine cents, just really bothers me. I'm like, just raise, yeah. just raise your price. People will pay five dollars for this book. They yeah, will. They guess, they yeah, surely will. You know, kind of uh, goes
1: back to the, I don't know, maybe the self worth of the author. Like you know, maybe because he's thinking, oh, I self published it, so I can't be good. So I just want people to buy it and read it and, and hopefully like it. So it just it's, it makes me sad. It makes me think that maybe their self-worth isn't high enough and maybe they need to, you know, start working on that a little bit.
0: That's, yeah, that's possible. Um, Yeah, and, you know, at 99 cents, as far as I know, you're not getting, all, the author is not getting a whole lot in royalties off a of book that's Any? 99 cents. Granted, yes. probably more people will buy your book. And so it kind of all balances out. Um But, you know, I would rather have some fewer people buy my book at $4.99 than, you know, and read it and review it and enjoy it than, you know, people buy it at $0.99 cents and say, this book sucked. It was full of typos. It had bad editing. It was, yes. you know, this story's terrible, you know. So yes. it's, you know. I don't know. I just I wish that authors would honestly raise their prices just a smidge. Just you know, maybe two ninety nine or three ninety nine. This oh, ninety nine yeah. cents, this ninety nine cents needs to stop. It's well, it's just it's, my opinion. Really like,
1: are people just buying it and then putting it on their TBR pile and then not actually getting into it because they think, well, it's probably not that good. I've got other books that I'm more interested in that I think are good. And so, our, is his book just sitting in a TBR pile, not getting read?
0: I know I probably have a bunch of ninety-nine cent books in my TBR Thanks, that are like me. that. <laughs> that I'm like, you know, I wanted to buy it to support the author, and then I, you know, I have all of these other books that I want to get to first, and so then their book, you know, doesn't get read for like two or three years, and yeah, it's it's a it's a thing. My my TBR is. I'm pretty sure it's sentient at this point. <laughs> it's alive. I, it's, it's probably alive. I'm pretty sure that I have books that crawl out of my Kindle in the middle of the night and move things <laughs> around and <laughs> just kind of sit around a fire in the middle of my bedroom and, and do their thing. Um, and they just, you know, so I I have absolutely no idea. My mom has just called, she's just called me for the second time. That's super weird. Um, I will get to her in just a minute. Um
1: send her a quick text. Is this an emergency? <laughs> well, I,
0: I can't because my phone is being used to record this. Oh, so, I'll send her
1: a quick text. Yeah, so
0: <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, so I'm not I'm not entirely sure what this is about. Um if it's super important, she'll call my husband, and then if okay. somebody died, then he'll come in and tell me. Um okay. but
1: <laughs> I was on the podcast where one of Pamela's friends died. <laughs> right.
0: Um but anyway, so what? Um, what books have you read so far this year that you would recommend to people?
1: It's only the third or fourth weekend I have never read books.
0: <laughs> you just read that one, okay?
1: <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, I'm not as avid of a reader as I used to be. Um, haven't even been been writing too much, so I've kind of this. Uh, 2020 definitely took a, okay, I can't even say 2020, I took a back burner because I did publish, or I did, I wrote a whole book in 2020, and then I finished another book, and then I started another one, so 2022, I'm taking a little bit of a break.
0: You know, and sometimes you just need to, it's, you know, there is no judgment, you know, there's, I read, you know, I get emails from this one blog that he sends out, Um, like blogging tips and and stuff like that. And a lot of them are, if you want to write well, then just punch the keys, just write. And, you know, I'm like, while I agree with that to a point, there has to be this lack of judgment where if you take a day off writing, or if you take six months off writing your book you, you know, you did that so you could take care of yourself. Okay. And, you know, I, I don't know if you have heard of the Enneagram, um, but I am a two on the Enneagram, which is the helper. Surprise, surprise to anybody. Who knows <laughs> <me>. <laughs> My whole brand is like focused around helping. Um, but we, as twos, we tend to help so much that we run out of, our own stuff yeah. because we don't know how to, how to take care of ourselves properly because for us helping others is more important. Okay. And so I have to force myself and my husband is wonderful in this aspect, um, uh-huh. to force me to take a step back and to relax. And, you know, and I have, um, you know, when I'm proofreading, my first thought is, you know, when I finish a proofreading project, whether it is in the morning, whether it is in the afternoon, whether it is in the evening, I have to make myself close my computer and start my next project the next day. Oh. Um, because my first thought is, you know, I'm done with this project, let's move on to the next one. But I have to give myself that time to recharge. and. Ew, yeah. Um, so it's, and I don't like it. My, my brain yells at me for that. Um, but it's, you know, one of the best ways that I can make sure that I am helping my clients to the best of my ability and giving, giving myself that time to recharge, giving myself that time to get that book out of my head, um, so that I'm not transferring that book onto this one. Yes. Um is a big deal to me. And, you know, so I have to make myself take that, you know, even if I finish proofreading a book at eight o'clock in the morning, at the very least, it'll be three o'clock in the afternoon before I start the next book. Um Good. because I have to give myself that time. Um what Such a realization. Thank you. Um wow. we have about six minutes left. Um so oh, I know <laughs> I
1: know
0: oh. the hour the hour always goes by so quick. Um so what is you know, speaking of self-care, um what is something that you would tell our listeners and our authors what is a piece of advice that you would give them for their own self care when it comes to their writing?
1: Honestly, going back to the blogging tips saying you have to pound it out. That's good for some people Or if you want to make like a career of it definitely putting in that time is important But I found not to be afraid of taking time off You're not gonna lose your talents entirely. It's like riding a bicycle You'll get back on you'll be a little rickety at first Then you'll get into it again not to be afraid of taking that time away is really important because honestly I've discovered through taking time off that I was not mentally or even um, um, skillful enough to write a certain book at that time period. And then years later, I somehow grew, well, somehow I grew, I grew and developed into the kind of writer that could write that book. You know, sometimes you have to shelf something and don't feel guilty about it. Don't feel bad. Work on a different project. It's fine. Maybe your brain is telling you, Hey, I'm not ready to write this book. I don't have enough under my belt. I don't have enough experience. Let's put that aside. Let's work on something that we're good at, and then we'll come back to this later. Which um, is
0: so which is kind of why authors, up. which is why authors have like seven <laughs> works in progress at the same time. Um, yeah. yeah, I, you know, and I think that's why I, you know, have you know five different books at a time. You know, sometimes that I'll be reading is yeah. you know because you know, this book isn't for me at this time in my life. You know, this book over here is, well, you know, a couple days later, this book over here, isn't good for my, my mental state. This book over here is, I go back and forth on books all the time. Um, and you know, and I count even the books that I proofread, I count as books that I've read because I don't just run spell check. I actually read through them. Um, so I count them as, as books that I've read as well. And, Um, you know, sometimes I'll have three or four books going. I'll have one on my tablet. I'll have a hard copy. I'll have one on my phone. I'll have my proofreading project. And I'm reading all of them at different points in my life and different moods that I'm in. So, um, you know, I think it's, you know, reading and writing and, you know, words. I think we just, I agree. I think we just need to not be afraid to take that step away and go work on something else, even if it's crocheting or watching a movie or, you know, just taking, taking time away and keeping your, your head where it can be um, for you to do your best work because, you know, the world needs your stories. I tell authors that all the time, the world needs your stories. And for somebody, you know, especially when we were talking earlier, especially for somebody who's 15 to write a book, you know, that is amazing to me. When I was 15, there was no way in Hades <laughs> that I would have written a book. You know, I was struggling with papers for school, you know? yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, those sucked. I didn't like those. Oh, they were terrible. Yeah, they were yeah. awful. Creative um, writing was the only thing I liked.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but I read all the time and I watched movies all the time. And, you know, so the world needs your stories. And I, I just absolutely love this whole community and... Everybody that I've met, everybody that I've had on the podcast, I'm so grateful to all of you guys for being friends with me and for wanting me to sit at your table in the cafeteria. It's awesome. So, Aww, <laughs> so <sweet.
1: laughs>
0: well, Fanny, it has been absolutely wonderful having you on the show. Thank you so much for coming and visiting. Um, again, I will reiterate that we will be announcing the winner, Um, here in a couple hours. Uh, So if you have listened to this episode, please head over to thepickybookworm.com and subscribe real quick so that you can possibly win two signed books. Um, They will be shipping, they will be shipping um, domestically, I believe just in the US uh, for these two books. But who knows, might give away a Kindle copy later. Um, um, So we'll see. But anyway, thank you again for coming and and chatting with me. Uh, the hour went by super fast.
1: It really did. Thank you so much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. Okay. Yes. Yeah.
0: We'll you have to. Of... You what?
1: I was gonna say, P.S. You remind me of my good friend Steffi, and you even kind of look
0: like her. Aww, <laughs> I, I get her. <laughs> I get told that I get told that I look like people's friends all the time, and you know I'm like, I will take that as a compliment. So thank you. Okay. Well. Time's about to run out, so I will talk to you on Twitter.
1: All right. Thanks,
0: Pamela. Thanks. Bye.
1: Bye.